Happy Monday, everyone, and welcome back to Unbothered, your host, Josh, here. And today, there's a lot to get into. Uh, starting my first video file, YouTube channel up soon, uh, but just want to give this a test run, work out all the kinks until then. Excited to do this. Why? Because with this format, this way of doing things, uh, for those that are visual, uh, I do want to share some things. Uh, you know, different plays, you know, reactions to certain calls and things like that. And I thought there was a good one yesterday uh, that I do want to react to. And that is from the, uh, Bills and Chiefs game. I'm looking forward to getting into that. Also, Dallas dominating yet again. Another good win. My Detroit Lions looking bad. Again, can't have that. Can't have that. Uh, Jets actually look good for once in a while. Zach Wilson. Played really well. Need to give flowers and praise to him. Titans, Dolphins tonight. Packers, Giants. I react to all that. Make some predictions for tonight. So let's get into it. Um, this weekend, NFL. Yesterday, really, really great slate of games. I went 8-5 and five, uh, in my predictions so far. Um, you know, didn't start out well on Thursday night. So if you just want to take Sunday's totals into account, 8-4, and four, not bad. Uh, for a Sunday. A couple upsets, a couple surprising ones in there, but that's the NFL. Love to see it. Love all the parody in there. So let's start with last night's game. Dallas dominating the Eagles. Here we go. <laughs> no pun intended there. Uh, Dak looked really good. This Dallas team looked really good. And I want to talk about the uh, Dallas first before I get into the Eagles because Dallas looked really sharp. And Dallas has looked sharp. Uh, for quite some time now, uh, they have won five in a row. They look dominant in most of their wins, really, outside of that um, Seattle Thursday night game last week where Seattle gave them a really tough fight. Um, Seattle's just, I mean, Dallas, again, has been dominant. Another blowout win, 20-point win um, for them in which every phase looks really good. Um, and I want to start with the special teams phase. I know uh, this isn't popular, but Brandon Aubrey has been insane. Hasn't missed a field goal, and yesterday was on fire. If you started him in fantasy, I think he had 23 uh, fantasy points, if that concerns you, because he made a 60-yard field goal, uh, 250s, a 40, and made all his extra points. He's phenomenal. He is best kicker in the league right now. Uh, and when you see his kicks go through, because um, Elliott made a 50-yarder, just snuck through. You see some other kickers just sneaking through. Every kick he made, dead on middle. It's not sneaking through, hitting goal post bouncing. And those are good field goals. That's the first thing. Their special teams is good. The kicker, Turpin on the return, that's solid. Then the offense. Dak Prescott is the favorite to win the MVP. Uh, was the co-favorite last week. Uh, I believe he was still the favorite to me. If I had to vote, I would vote Dak Prescott. Well, Dak is the favorite, officially, after last night's game. He was phenomenal, again, uh, throwing uh, accurate throws to Cooks, to Gallup. Uh, the one to Gallup, I thought, was sensational. Best throw of the night. Uh, C.D. Lamb is playing really good. Jake Ferguson emerging as a star tight end. In this league, he had five receptions for 72 yards. Are they running the football as effectively as I would like to see them run the football? 
Uh, no, I can't say honestly. That's probably the one downgrade. They don't have the one feature back. Uh, Tony Pollard's not been that guy. So what do they do? They bring in Rico Dowell. Uh, and he's been, I think, phenomenal. Uh, is a one-two punch because Tony Pollard can't handle that. Uh, but this is clearly a passing team. Uh, they pass the ball more. So clearly, Dak has to be accurate. The timing has to be right. Offensive line has to be good. And they're hitting on all those components, all those variables, uh, doing a really good job of it. Uh, Jake Ferguson, C.D. Lim, both over five receptions, both over 70 yards. Michael Gallup, good. Brandon Cooks, Tony Pollard had seven receptions as well. So this offense is firing on all cylinders, and there's nothing the Philadelphia defense could do to really stop it. The only blemish on the offense was when Dak took a sack, fumbled the ball, and was a scoop and score. The only touchdown for Philly that whole game. Uh, and, you know, Dak was trying to tuck the ball into. It was just a great defensive play by Fletcher Cox. Jalen Carter picked it up, one of the fastest defensive linemen in the league, and it was over from there. So great uh, play there by Dallas and then defensively. Micah Parsons pressuring the quarterback, getting after the sacks, uh, you know, lining up against Lane Johnson. I thought Lane Johnson really got on that first time, that first matchup against the uh, Eagles-Cowboys. But yesterday, Micah Parsons had his way. And, yes, you can make the case that Micah made that, you know, the no calls on me, the holding, it's ridiculous. But, hey, you're not going to get all those. And you still get uh, your sack number. So the defense – was good. They shut down the uh, Philadelphia offense. Um, so just impressive. 33-13 win for Dallas. So Dallas now is the second seed in the NFC. They now pass the Philadelphia Eagles. And for the time being, are the two Philly drops down to the five. And now the Niners have that first overall seed because they have beat them both Philly and Dallas. So they get that. So Dallas sits there at first in the division. They're playing their best football. But now we flip gears to the Eagles. Uh, Eagles have now lost two in a row by blowout fashion. Um, their loss earlier in the year, close one to the Jets, but now two blowouts to the two top NFC teams. And I think you can clearly cement it. I know every Tuesday or Wednesday I give my top ten teams in NFL. Clearly there's going to be a big shakeup in that tomorrow. Can't wait to reveal it. But Blowout loss to the Niners last week. Blowout loss to the Cowboys yesterday. Your two biggest rivals, two best best NFC teams, and now you have proven you are clearly the third best team in the NFC. 49ers, Cowboys, better than the Eagles. And to me, it's not an offensive problem because they do like to run the football. They're predicated on it. So when they're down and they have to throw, it does make it difficult. Can Jalen Hurts do that? Yes, he's one of the top five quarterbacks in the game. But this defense is not helping out. Uh, they cannot generate a consistent pass rush. Outside of Hassan Reddick, spurts of the Fletcher Cox, uh, they can't really generate a pass rush like they did last year. So that hurts. Second thing that's hurting them, they're linebackers. Uh, teams have been able to attack the middle of the field because there's no presence there. The linebackers don't have good awareness, can't switch on, can't play good man coverage. That's why they picked up Shaq Leonard. Uh, yesterday was his first game, limited snap count, getting his feet wet. We'll see if he helps in the long run, but right now, that's a big issue. And then the last big issue with the defense is the secondary. Too many big plays allowed 
big play slay. He's not making big plays. He's allowing big plays. So bad nickname still fits well for him because big play slay is letting in a lot of long touchdown catches. James Bradbury, one of the worst corners in the league. I thought they should have moved off of him last year. They re-signed him. Howie Roseman, I think, is a terrific, one of the best general managers. That was not a smart decision. And it doesn't look like the Kevin Byer trade that I thought would work out for him. His worked out. Uh, so Eagles, um, that hurt. They still control their own destiny. Why do I say that? Because if they win out, they still win the division. Uh, 49ers have a tougher schedule. So they could still easily get that one seed. But the next opponent they face, rough Seahawks team. I think that's going to be their last hurrah this season for the Seahawks. Must win for them. They're going to get a desperate Seahawks team. After that, three cupcakes. Giants, Cardinals, Giants. Three winnable games, 3-0. and Eagles, this to me, coming up on Monday night, must win. You can't lose three games. Super Bowl contenders, Super Bowl teams do not lose three games in a row. Now, let's move on to our next game to react to. Bills Chiefs. What a game this was. And first, I want to get the call out of the way, because if you are an NFL fan, you watched games yesterday, watched any type of NFL media today, the number one thing they're talking about is the offsides call on Kadarius Tony, which, again, I think is an absolute uh, you know, joke that we're even having this discussion because of the call. And I know why we're having this discussion is because – hey, um, you know, it took away a touchdown play. Uh, but guess what? It was the correct call. It really was. So I, this is where I want to share my screen and show you that play call. So I have it here. Saved it. Um, would like to enlarge it now. I don't know why that didn't enlarge. Let me try that again. Let's try that one more time. Just want to show everyone this view of the offsides call. Because uh, you have the down the line, which again makes sense. But when you have this sort of 45 degree angle view, it makes a lot more sense. So I don't believe it's going to let me enlarge it the way I'd like. I think I'm going to zoom in here. So I'm going to zoom in. And here you see that play call. So here you see from that kind of 45 degree view, uh, you have the ball uh, right uh, between the, you know, 50 yard line and the Bills 49 yard line. So it's around the 49 and a half yard line. Kadarius Tony's foot is at the 49 yard line. Half of his body is lined up Offsides. Uh, so, yes, it was a good play call. You can tell clearly there he was offsides. Uh, and the next thing I want to note as well is that he was uh, lined up offside, and then once the ball was snapped, the flag was thrown. The flag was thrown right away. But since it's offsides, they still let the play go out, whether it's offensive outside or defensive offside. So they throw the ball to Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey makes a heck of a play to Kadarius Tony, and Kadarius Tony runs it back to the um, end zone for a touchdown uh, to give them the 24-20 lead. 
but it's called that because of that penalty. So now Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid are embarrassing themselves, saying, oh, this, you know, ripping the refs, and it was a good call. Uh, and everybody uh, that, you know, talked to the play, there was head rested, even talked about it for the Sunday night game. Uh, Monday night refs were talking about it as well. So I believe the CBS ref, the Gene Steratore, I tweeted this, and it was in the report yesterday. Gene Steratore tweeted and talked about this during the game. He said, when officiating the line of scrimmage, general philosophy is not to be overly technical and not to split hairs over very minor infractions, such as uh, receivers' hands slightly breaking the line of scrimmage. However, when an infraction is so egregious and obvious, a flag has to be thrown. Kadarius, dot, 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 dot. And so you have that. And then you also have Carl Sheffers, who was the uh, lead um, ref in yesterday's game. They were asked about it by the NFL. And he said, if they look for alignment advice, certainly we're going to give it. But ultimately, they are responsible for wherever they line up. And certainly no warning is required, especially if they are lined up so far off sides where they're actually blocking our view of a ball. So we would give them some sort of warning if it was anywhere close. But this particular one is beyond a warning. It was so egregious. And it really was. It was offside. So them getting mad at the officials, the refs for a bonehead play by Katerius Tony, where he clearly lined up offside. It's like, hey, you lost the game. So let's just get that out of the way and talk about the Bills. So Bills now are 7-6. and six. It was a must win for them after a controversial week. Sean McDermott in the 9-11 article uh, that came out a few years ago apologized to his team. Again, uh, his players really did play for him. It seems like there is buy-in there with the players behind Sean McDermott, uh, which is a good thing. But what did I see yesterday? I saw Josh Allen outplay Patrick Mahomes again in the regular season. He did. He was better than Patrick Mahomes. Josh Allen, QBR of 48. Again, not great. But Patrick Mahomes, 27. 27. Not good at all. And that's on a scale of 0 to 100. Uh, Josh Allen does it all uh, for his team. He was, you know, passing the ball 233 yards. He ran the ball for 32 yards. His touchdown run was insane. Some of the throws he made. Yes, he had the one bad pick, but so did Patrick Mahomes. So you have Josh Allen and Superman on this team uh, doing it yet again in the defense made timely stops finally for the Bills. Um, it feels like every time they play the Chiefs, they can't make that stop, um, and they did this time. This is a step in the right direction. It was a must-win for Buffalo. Uh, they lose this game. They're 6-7. and seven. They're kind of dead and buried. Uh, still difficult schedule ahead against the Cowboys, Chargers, Dolphins, but this was a step in the right direction. This offense under Joe Brady, honestly, to me, Looks better than it did under Ken Dorsey. So I have to give uh, Joe Brady props for that. Josh Allen is playing really well. Second in touchdown passes, even though he is tied for the league in interceptions. Now let's talk about the Chiefs. So Mahomes didn't play his best game. Rasheed Rice fumbled the football. Another receiver uh, that had issues, he fumbled. Uh, uh, Kadarius Toney would drops. MVS would drop. So yet players still dropping. The football you had, the offsides call, this is not a disciplined team. This is not a team that blows you out, pulls you away. And in the past, we're talking about the Chiefs, oh, they can overcome these 14-point deficits. 
They can't anymore. They have a good defense. It's not an elite top defense, but they have a good, great top five, top ten defense. Uh, but here, the issue is the offensive side of the ball. This isn't the offense it has been in any of the Mahomes-era offenses, and that's why they're struggling. They're not playing well. They can't come back. The receivers are dropping. Uh, Patrick Mahomes is not as crisp as he has been in years past uh, with a receiving core that is similar to the one last year that he had. So, yes, a lot of issues fall on the offense, falls on Andy Reid to fix them. That's why they're 8-5, and five. and I know we love to talk about Josh Allen uh, sitting there it tied with Sam Howell for the, uh, the league in interceptions, but Patrick Mahomes is sitting alone at fourth in interceptions. He has 11 by himself. Mac Jones is after him, and then Josh Allen and Sam Howell. So, yes, he is turning the ball over. We just don't talk about it because, hey, they're winning games, but guess what? Now they're not winning games. They're 8-5. and five. They have a one-game lead on the Denver Broncos in their division and a one-game lead on a lot of seven and six teams that are right behind them now because they lose games like this. They can't come back. Couldn't do it against the Packers last week. Couldn't do it against the Bills last night. Now let's talk about my Lions. Oh, don't want to get into this, but we have to have to be objective. Have to be objective here. So here uh, we have uh, the Lions playing the Bears. I pick the Lions to win. A lot of people pick the Bears. There's, an, I think, ESPN bet pick the Bears. Uh, a couple of people I listen to on Fox also pick the Bears. They just said they like the Bears in this spot. I said I'm rolling my Lions. Uh, yeah, uh, rough second half last week against the Saints, but I like them to come out and win this game. So initially, didn't look good, 10-0, but they flipped the switch in the second quarter. I put up a lot of offense, scored touchdowns, so it's 13-10 going into halftime, and I'm like, hey, this is good. This is where we want to be. Uh, even if you start slow, it's, hey, we're bouncing back. We're taking the lead. Let's go finish this out in the second half. And this was the worst second half of the year. The Lions have played all year, by far. It was atrocious. Uh, 76 yards of total offense. The second half drives were equally terrible. The second half drives were punt, 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 Jared Goff fumble, turnover on downs, turnover on downs, Jared Goff interception. Two turnovers for him. A couple of dumb play calls by Dan Campbell to go for on fourth down. And then the punch three and outs. Uh, it was not a crisp day at the office uh, for the Lions in this offense in the second half. It was putrid. It was disgusting. Uh, it stank to high heaven. I It was everything about it was so bad yesterday. Uh, being a Lions fan in putting them in near my top five of tiers initial it being there, I think number one for a week. This is a good team. And they are slowly turning into um, frauds. I hate to say it, but the fraudulent meter that was very low is now very high. The flip is switched on the lines. And a lot of people feel the same way as I do. Uh, do I think they can still win the division and will do it? Yes, I think so. Can they win a playoff game? Yes. But there was an initial point where I said, hey, Maybe we can go to the conference championship game or win the Super Bowl if there's some upsets. That ain't happening. I'll be happy to win one playoff game. I know we're not making it to the NFC championship game with the way the Cowboys are playing and the way the Niners are playing. And I think we're going to have to play one of them in the divisional round. So, yeah, don't like that. I don't like the odds for the Lions and the defense. Since the bye week, 
Usually you tighten things up during that time. Since the bye week, they have ranked last in scoring defense. They can't generate pressure consistently outside of Aiden Hutchinson. The Liam McNeil loss, defensive tackle hurts because they can't really stop the run now. Corners can't match up well, so we don't have the personnel on the back end. The play call and scheme design that was working the first half of the season clearly isn't working now, so they have to make some adjustments. They're not making them. Uh, the defense is cooked. Uh, it does not look good. And Jared Goff is turning the ball over at such a high rate. He's tied for, like, fifth. There's so many people with ten interceptions, and Jared Goff is one of them. Uh, he needs to stop turning the football over. You're not winning football games like that. This is an offense that relies on uh, running the football, uh, motion, control, possession, leaning on you, your offensive line, and the offensive line is now taking injuries to Frank Ragnow, uh, which it clearly has hurt them. That was an issue yesterday. This offensive line that was ranked number one by PFF is now ranked two, and I could see them dropping again because other offensive lines do look better than the Detroit Lions. Now there's another team I want to talk about, or really a person, and that's Zach Wilson. So Zach Wilson uh, got the start for Houston, and I thought this one was going to be close. Houston pulled it out, uh, but this defense, great effort by the Jets' defense, kept C.J. Stroud under 100 yards. Yes, he got hurt in the fourth quarter. I hope he's all right, but game was over by then. Uh, they weren't doing anything offensively. Uh, they bottled up a run game, the receiver, C.J. Stroud. But I've got to give credit to Zach Wilson. He was phenomenal. And everybody, you know, loves to hate on Zach Wilson. They really do. They love to rip him. But I hope when I listen to the media today, uh, if it's not Bill's Chiefs and they talk about it, I hope they praise Zach Wilson because Zach Wilson was phenomenal. And he, we've seen glimpses of games like this uh, earlier in the season, uh, such as against the Chiefs and the Broncos and the Eagles. We saw games before they kind of sputtered against the Giants, even though they won, and it slowed down from there. But Zach Wilson was phenomenal. 27 of 36, 301 yards, uh, passing two touchdowns, no interceptions, pass rating of 118. He was phenomenal. So I've got to give praise and credit uh, to Zach for believing in himself, picking himself back up after being benched, after the negative reports that came back were, I don't know if this is true or not, uh, I know good reporters have said that Zach Wilson didn't want to start after this game. I don't believe that because Zach Wilson showed up, showed out, proved the reports wrong, proved everyone wrong that, hey, he can be a viable backup. Now, is he, I think, a weekly starter? No. Uh, but I think Zach Wilson still has a chance to play in this NFL, and he has talent around him. I think the offensive line is clearly the biggest uh, maligned issue on this team. But when you have playmakers such as Brees Hall, uh, Garrett Wilson, when Randall Cobb got involved yesterday, and I saw Randall Cobb, I believe, let me check if he got the first touchdown or not. I think he did. He got the first touchdown. And when I saw that alert come across my phone that Randall Cobb got the first touchdown from Zach Wilson, in my head I'm like, the Jets are one of this game. There's moments within the first drive or so which you're like, yeah, uh, this team's one of this game. A few weeks ago, you know, Denver Broncos and uh, what's it called, the – uh, Bills, uh, the first play fumble, I said Broncos won in this game, even though I picked the Bills. Uh, yesterday, after Patrick Mahomes threw that first interception, I said, yeah, Bills winning this game. This one same Jets uh, touchdown to Randall Cobb. It's, oh, yeah, they're winning this game. So credit to Zach Wilson and the Jets. I mean, good for them.
But now, two Monday night games tonight. So let's talk about those briefly. First, I want to talk about Tennessee and Miami. This, to me, you know, could it be the closer of the two? I don't know. I don't think so. I think Miami being a heavy home favorite against a bad team, which is their forte to beat up on these bad teams at home, I believe they're going to do it. Uh, Tyreek Hill is really on a mission to get the 2K, 2,000 yards. I believe he has an excellent game. Uh, this Miami defense is slowly rounding into form, and now there's a lot of pressure on them because the Chiefs have now lost two games that, hey, Miami can slip one more game, but you don't want to do it against the Titans. Why? Because they still have games finishing against the Cowboys, Dolphins, I mean, uh, Ravens, and Bills. You don't want to slip tonight. I believe they're focused. Mike McDaniel, like I said, this is like the East Coast version of the Niners. It really is. It's very similar team, uh, personnel, not a great quarterback, I believe, in Brock Purdy and Tua. Two good quarterbacks, not great ones. Great weapons, though, but Debo Samuel, the George Kittles, uh, the Brandon Ayukes, and then on the other hand, you have the Tyree Kills, you have the uh, Jalen Waddles, the Devon Aikens, the uh, Raheem Mostert's, you know, McCaffrey on one end. So you have that. One clearly has a better defense than the Niners. But Miami, with their two corners, are slowly rounding in the form. That allows for coverage sacks, pass rush. I believe uh, Miami can turn themselves into a dangerous team or a team everybody counted on on frauds earlier in the season. I believe Miami wins, gets to 10-3 and three tonight. Then the Packers. Uh, Packers versus Giants. Uh, Giants started Tommy DeVito now. I believe Packers are going to win this game. Uh, I don't know if Gar- or my bad, Christian Watson is playing tonight. That would be uh, a big thing for Jordan Love because he does look comfortable throwing to Christian Watson. This offense looks different when he's in it, um, but I don't know if he is playing or not. I believe Jair Alexander is ruled out. Um, that hurts this team. I still expect Green Bay to win. Uh, Matt LaFleur, oddly, has never lost a game in December as a head coach for this team. So I expect them to roll a bad Giants team. Still fighting for playoff positioning when you have the Rams and Vikings there at 7-6. and six. This is a game you need to win. And I believe they get the win tonight. Uh, nobody on the Giants scares me, threatens me. I believe this is a lower-scoring game. But the Packers come out on top. Then I do want to share some notes, some wild stats that I saw from Week 14. So some things are like, huh, this is weird. Maybe you saw them yesterday or this morning. But one of them, Debo Samuel, now holds the record for most career regular season rushing touchdowns by a wide receiver. He has 19. The way they use Debo with uh, San Francisco uh, is truly unique and special. Another stat I liked, interesting, of course, it comes at the expense of a Lions. I'll still share it. The Bears got a win coming off a bye week for the first time in 10 years. That's crazy because we talked about Andy Reid after a bye's lost four or five games in his entire coaching career. It started in the 90s. Uh, Sean McDermott with the Bills, 7-0 and coming off a bye now after beating the Chiefs yesterday. Some teams usually are good coming after a bye. You get that extra week of preparation and rest. Losing after a bye week, 10 years in a row, snapping the streak. That is a crazy stat. Another weird one, Joe Flacco is now tied for third most wins of any starting quarterback at Brown Stadium, which is 10, opened in 1999. 
that's also really weird. And he also became the first Browns quarterback with three touchdown passes of 30 yards in a game since Brian Stipe Sipe in 1980. Uh, dude came off the couch and just balling. Congrats to Joe Flacco. Tip my cap to him. And then this one I did see on Sunday night yesterday, they did show the graphic, that Micah Parsons becomes the second player to start his first three seasons with 12-plus sacks, joining the great Hall of Fame player Reggie White. So congrats to these guys, these records, and stats that they hold. Uh, it was a great Week 14 week. I hope it finishes strong tonight. I also want to congratulate the Wake Lakers on winning the inaugural in-season tournament. I this Again, talked about this last week. Felt like playoff games, playoff atmospheres. Lakers won. LeBron, still one of the best players in the NBA, was phenomenal. AD, when he shows up like that, they can win a title. But 41 uh, and 21, all worldly numbers. That was terrific. Uh, Austin Reeves coming off the bench and providing 20-plus points, I believe 28, was really good. This team can win it all. I'm proud of the Lakers. Again, we'll talk more NBA is the NFL season. Uh, comes to a close, but two great NFL games tonight. I told you I got Green Bay and Miami. I think a lot of the public is also on them. You got the upset. You're rolling with Tennessee or the Giants tonight. We'll see what happens. Can't wait to talk to you guys tomorrow. Hope you all have a great rest of your day. Bye, everybody.